get started. Sit back, enjoy the show in five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. This is Tim and Sid for Tuesday, February 23rd. I'm Tim McAuliffe. He said Sixero. We've only got four more shows. Thank you for joining us live on TV, radio, and online, courtesy of Sportsnet. Now, uh, coming up, this is a very busy show. Plenty of hockey talk. We'll go over the Leafs and Flames game from last night. Uh, Sens and Habs tonight. Plus, Connor McDavid hits the ice, which, as we've discussed, is must-see TV. Three and a half on points tonight, Tim. Over or under? Connor McDavid. I'm going to get three and a half. I should take the under, but I'm very scared. <laughs> I'm with you. Normally, I would take the under all the time on that, and I, I'm not sure. So we'll dive into some hockey here coming up. Also, big deal today, finalized, Tim, between Sportsnet, where we work, mm-hmm. and Canada basketball, which includes sure. under under 22 tournaments next summer, men's and women's, which will be staged on Canadian soil, which will be broadcast on Sportsnet, which is good for development of basketball in this country. Coming up next hour, among other things, it's a, it's a very unique deal, a lot of original programming. We're not only going to talk to the president and CEO of Canada Basketball, Glenn Grunwald, he'll join us next hour, but we'll also talk to Nick Nurse. It's, it's a game night for the Raptors. Nick Nurse normally does not speak 90 minutes before tip, but he's going to come on here to lead off the next hour because he is head coach of our men's national basketball program. So uh, he'll join us to talk about that. Obviously, we'll talk about the Raptors. Raptors, Sixers, you can see it on Sportsnet 1 tonight. Sportsnet Ontario and Sportsnet East. Can the Raptors do it again without Kyle? I mean, we're not sure if Kyle's going to play. It's questionable. Against one of the top teams in the Eastern. Yeah, you know what? We might get an answer at that point. Again, you can see that game live on Sportsnet. Might as well. That's journalism there, McAuliffe. That's journalism. Plus some more Tim and Sid memories this hour. Had a blast doing it yesterday. Why not? There's four shows left. Let's do a few more, Timmy. But, Tim, um, as, I, as I said to you yesterday, you know, this is, this is a big week for you and I, but we got jobs to do. Yeah. And we both know the sports world just does not stop. And we begin with one of those wow stories, uh, a developing story involving one of the biggest names in the history of pro sports. Yeah, without a doubt. We're following the uh, latest on the condition of Tiger Woods after he was injured in a car accident today in the Los Angeles area. The L.A. County Sheriff's Department released a statement saying Tiger had been involved in a single vehicle rollover collision early this morning. According to the police report, Woods had to be extricated from the vehicle with the jaws of life and transported to hospital by ambulance. Now, Updates have been rolling in as the afternoon has progressed. Tiger's agent, Mark Steinberg, released a statement this afternoon saying that Tiger had suffered multiple leg injuries and that he was in surgery. While ESPN is now reporting Woods, quote, has potentially broken both of his legs, but was alert and conscious in the ride to the hospital. Now, obviously, the pitcher's of his vehicle after the rollover circulated and a lot of people jumped to a lot of conclusions but as uh as veteran journalists often say it's better to be right than first in this situation and i think sid you and i will stick to that other than saying obviously this is a serious collision from the pictures that you saw and and the tim it's the pictures that you see and continuously see here and I'm trained on them now just on the screen ahead of me. Um, Tim, in moments like this, obviously Twitter's nuts, right? Report this type of report, that person's reporting, ESPN's reporting, LA, it's crazy, right? 
Right. It's nuts. Uh, there's a press conference coming up at 6 Eastern, so we'll find out more then from the sheriff's department. But with all due respect to all of those reports, uh, I am going to wait intently like everyone else to really know how to process this until 6 Eastern for that press conference because the scene you and I and everyone else has been looking at here. Tim, you know you know when a tornado rolls through and the uprooted trees pictures come out? Like yeah. big trees, huge, huge trees, either after a storm or a tornado. There are trees around Tiger's SUV that are that. That was the velocity that Tiger's car was going for whatever reason when it stopped. So I, I appreciate Twitter. Sometimes, well, sometimes I don't have to appreciate Twitter, but I appreciate some people's feeling that they have to be first with information. That's, it's, some, it's their job, some of them. I get it. It's not my world, but it's theirs. This scene tells me everyone needs to slow their roll. Because that is unbelievable what happened there. So I'll wait till 6 before I comment any further. I know, I know you and I off air and on air will acknowledge to each other and to everyone watching and listening to comment and in any way about what this means for the 45-year-old Tiger Woods career is pointless. It's, right. it's useless. It's not the time. It's not the place. It doesn't matter. Uh, we wish him and his family nothing but the best. It is a horrific scene. And uh, hopefully we'll get some somewhat decent news at 6 Eastern. But this speculating that's going on, Tim, based on the physics of what that picture tells you, it's to me, it's pointless. I want to hear one thing, and it's from the officials who are dealing with this investigation and his stay at Harvard UCLA Medical Hospital in L.A. Because, wow, that is wild. I know that uh, a lot of this stuff... I know that a lot of this stuff um, that we are looking back at in our time together uh, is a lot of laughs, but we do believe in journalism as well, and it's also okay that we wait until we know exactly what is going on, which is what we hope to get at 6 p.m. Eastern. And as you can tell, uh, my children are home uh, because we're like, in a global pandemic. As, as we and set off in front of this, Tim, life, life doesn't stop for anyone, <laughs> not even correct. you or I in the show. <laughs> correct. Uh, what we do know is Tiger was teaching celebrities at Rolling Hills Country Club on Monday and was supposed to be there for a two-day shoot or the second of a two-day shoot with golf digest and golf tv so that's probably where he was heading at that time but again we'll wait till 6 p.m eastern uh, to get more information for you it's also when nick nurse is slated to join us so um we'll try and figure out how we get you pieces of information the, from I mean, that and also talk the, to nick nurse the plan probably because we're going to talk to nick right at six i, I would anticipate we're going to talk to nick on the back end of that when we say goodbye because nick has a job to do tonight as well he can't stay on for 30 minutes with us Right. Uh, we'll have some clips from officials outside of Harvard, UCLA Medical, and, and maybe get some more. Info. So at 6, we'll, we'll have a lot going on there. We'll obviously talk to Nick. I'd, I, I can't wait to talk to Nick, and we'll have hopefully some more info out of uh, Los Angeles in terms of the accident, the uh, horrific accident of Tiger Woods today, which took place at 10 a.m. Eastern, uh, 7 a.m. local. And, um, and that's where we stand. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll let you hear some of that when we get it later on. That's for sure. 
Uh, anything becomes available, we'll pass it on to you. But speaking of Nick Nurse, another big game for the Raptors tonight as they host the Sixers again in Tampa. You can see it, as Sid mentioned, Sportsnet East Ontario and Sportsnet 1. Coverage starting at 7 p.m. Eastern time for Pacific. Now, we've talked a lot about this stretch for the Raptors that began one week ago with two games against the Bucks. Could they finish this stretch a perfect 5-0 and with two against Philly, two against Milwaukee, and then that Minnesota thing in there. Yes, because I'm tired of the Raptors proving me wrong. <laughs> I, Tim, I've had it. I've had it. I'm tired of looking at the Raptor team and saying, wow, they need a center. I'm tired of the Raptor team and saying to myself, you know, too bad Kyle wasn't playing tonight. I'm tired of looking at this Raptor team and saying they're going small against Embiid. Really? Mm-hmm. And having it all thrown back in my face. One after another after another. You just took care of the Bucks, And they were missing Drew Holiday, but you were missing Kyle for most of that two games. You beat Philadelphia. I have, I have no doubts they can do it again. I'm tired of this team surprising me. I'm, I'm, I'm no longer going to be surprised. Because if, Fre- if Fred Van Vliet, and we'll find out later tonight if he's going to be an all-star, if, if he continues to play at all-star levels, which he's playing now, this team can beat anybody. This team could be anybody because Pascal doesn't have to necessarily be the guy, and sometimes he plays better in that role. So I'm not doubting Nick Nurse and this coaching staff any any further. It's nuts what they're doing. It's incredible. They just lost a, an assistant coach within the last 48 hours, yeah. Chris Finch going to Minnesota. So, by the way, Nick Nurse joining us, not only 90 minutes from tip-off, but having to do more work on the coaching staff after losing a guy to Minnesota Sunday night in rather – Odd circumstances, but congratulations to Chris Finch and his opportunity with Minnesota. Um, so, Tim, I think they can do it. Absolutely. I, it's, it is I, – I, if someone were to ask me what's the more fascinating story right now, Leafs or Raptors, I'd have trouble answering the question because yeah. the Leafs I – think, I think the Leafs are what they've kind of shown us. And I know Sheldon Keefe went down that road a bit last night, We're, and we'll get to it in a bit. But I think for the most part, you, the, the Leafs have had enough runway to show us maybe they're a different team. Now, injuries could throw wrenches into everything, but who knows. The Raptors still are a complete enigma. And, they're, and they are internally figuring it out. It's effort. It's defense. It's part of that, Timmy, for sure. But offensively putting it together, defensively against a guy like Embiid, putting it together, knowing when to just throw Baines into the fray and have him have a go at Embiid like they did the other night and have it work out. Tim, have it work out. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of doubting the Raptors. I'm not doing it anymore. Uh, they have the third best record in the NBA in February. Uh, they have the best record in the East in February. And might I remind you that they've won 16 straight without Kyle Lowry, who Correct. in the past has been their lone all-star along with DeMar DeRozan, along with Kawhi Leonard. But I don't know if you know this, uh, neither of those two guys are on the team anymore. Correct. Let me ask you this, Timmy. If the Raptors continue to win at, at something close to this clip, is what happens on March 25th with Kyle done? Is that completely off the table? Is that, is that a non-story? I think so. And I think it's because Kyle has been afforded the opportunity to decide his own destiny. And seeing the way this team is playing, I don't think Kyle will want to leave given the fact that they could prove something here. Like, I think it might actually be the opposite. I think Bobby Webster and Masai Ujiri 
are now poised with the task of going and finding a center to help this team because they have proven that they deserve whatever help that those guys can get. And I think that all three, I think that Kyle, Masai, and Bobby Webster will come together, have a conversation, and see what they want and what they need. And it would not shock me in any way, shape, or form if Kyle stays and they decide to go at a center to help this team navigate what is a very winnable Eastern Conference. Is DeMarcus Cousins that kind of center? DeMarcus Cousins could be that guy. Andre Drummond out of a buyout could be that guy. Yeah, out of a Andre buyout. Drummond without yeah. the buyout could be that guy if they could somehow figure out the money thing, but I don't think they can. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think they, they can. can either. I don't think that the Raptors want to give up much to go get that center, but I think That's they the damn issue. well deserve it given what they have been able to accomplish with what they have. And I think when you set culture the way the Raptors have set culture, things like this are really important. Like allowing a team to figure out exactly what they are are really is really important. The Raptors did that, and what they got back here, especially in this five-game stretch, is that this team deserves to be given a shot. After a 2-8 and eight start, they've been as good as anyone in the National Basketball Association. Bar none. They have been as good as anyone. And listen, I don't know who the best team in the NBA is right now. Utah Jazz are the one running away with it when it comes to the standings, and I don't know how many people even believe in the Utah Jazz. So if I am the Raptors, I think the conversation is, what do we do to supplement what we've got here? We still have all that flexibility. Doesn't mean we have to get rid of it. There are people available till the rest of the season, but I believe that we know a little bit more about our big three. Kyle Lowry's been out. We've been able to sustain. He will return eventually. I think this team has a shot to win a couple rounds in the East, and you add a center, and who knows what that is. And depending on the center, I don't think it's DeMarcus Cousins. And I, I just think I think DeMarcus carries a lot. He carries a lot. I don't know if that's the guy you plug in. Different big? I'll hear it. I'll hear it. And the and the, the days of trading went, Norm, like that, end, that ended kind of quickly, didn't it? Like, like Norm went from... You know, can, is he a commodity? You can move. You know, he's not looking that great off the bench. What are you going to do? All of a sudden, he's like, he's a different norm. <laughs> Feels like he's a different norm. So I think it's a buyout-ish thing, but it's an important move, Tim. Like, it's not to minimize the move. You have a, like you mentioned it, it's a, you have to have a culture fit. This team has been put together in a very specific kind of way. And aside from Don't like Aaron Baines and Alex Lynn. Hold on, hold on. Before you do walk down this road, don't forget DeMarcus Cousins went into Golden State. Now, he got injured. Yeah. But they accepted him in that culture. For sure. For sure. I'm just saying, at this point in his career, like, is he going to fit in or not? Yes or no? And towards the end of the Houston time, he he wasn't bad. Like, he wasn't terrible at all. But he just didn't fit into what they were doing. So, you're right. To to dismiss him is is not 100% correct. I'll give you that. But on this team, I just I, I don't know. Just I don't, I'm saying, don't be quick to dismiss him. Reputation and real dude are a little bit different, and I yeah. think there's evidence of that with his time in Golden State. That's what I'm. That's what I'm attempting to get across. Okay. Did I did I give you any pause on whether uh, or not that would be the fit? Just the Golden State years aren't the recent years, right? Like that's my issue. Like Demarcus Cousins also. 
went in front of a microphone, having been in Houston like a hot minute, and eviscerated James Harden. Now, I'm not a James Harden fan for what he did in Houston, but... Like you, you were, dude. You you just got there. Like, what what are you doing, hopping on a mic, and destroying guys when you when you're not you haven't even sh- you're not there a long time. What the hell's the matter with you? If you look at the Raptors culture, like there's a little real recognized real here. Like there aren't a lot of BSers on the Raptors squad. Like if you're not if James Harden pulled James Harden in Toronto around Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry, you don't think they would say the exact same thing? Yeah, but those guys are like one chips with this organization. DeMarcus Cousins, to my point, walks through the walks in the room and all of a sudden is putting people on blast. I don't know. I I just I don't think it's the same thing. I hear what you're saying, but I don't know if it's the same thing. I just think the personality is very similar to the pound the rock mentality that has gotten the Raptors to where they are and might not be so embraced in Houston, hence where they are right now, too. I know right. I'm not well, convincing you, and I'm not well, trying to. We'll agree to disagree. We'll agree to disagree on it. But, but listen, does he have talent? Like he did. Like look at some of the numbers he put up in Houston before the buyout. Like they weren't awful at all. Now Houston, no one's making any shots in Houston aside from like John Wall and Oladipo. But um, you know, I just he's got talent. You're right. He's got talent. All, and in, no, some, in some rooms, no. he'd be embraced. All, in some rooms, want, he'd been embraced. All I want to know is if he'll take a role, and if he'll take a role. He needs to take a role. Yeah. He's got to take a role. I'm good. No question Uh, about it. Well, let's get to the Leafs because you mentioned that. And that game will take place tonight. You can see it on Sportsnet. We will be watching closely. Nick Nurse will join us a little later on. But you mentioned the Toronto Maple Leafs and how both stories are really intriguing. David Riddick in the Flames uh, won the Battle of the Backups last night. It was a 3-0 win over Michael Hutchison and the Leafs, both Jacob Markstrom, Frederick Anderson, late scratches due to injury. Both are considered day-to-day. What did you take from last night's game? That Michael Hutchinson didn't lose the Leafs that hockey game. No. And I did not think I would be saying that going into that game. Like, you and I were here yesterday. We had, and all of a sudden, it's David Riddick against Michael Hutchinson. Woo! Take the over. That's, that's, gonna, that's an over you take. That's going to be fun. That's going to have some goals. And if you're Connor McDavid and you have one of those nights where it's not working, I, you, the, the way that roster is constructed, you kind of just say, okay, it's going to happen. That's the way the orders are. Like, God bless Ryan Nugent Hopkins, but no one's expecting him to carry that load. If Seidel and McDavid don't play like that, okay. Gaetan Haas game is yeah, very rare. Few, yeah. few and far between. The great pull. The Gaetan Haas game. Last night, I just, part of me felt really bad for John Tavares because I knew what today would be. I knew what the talk would be. I knew what the narrative would be. And with all due respect, when you put it on a platter like that, it's that easy for people. You have two guys in Marner and Matthews who were hotter than the sun. And you take a 40-year-old off their line and the $11 million a year guy can't keep it going it's such an easy narrative and i felt terrible but sometimes if you if you put it on a t for people like that it's that easy and look i know when the leafs are winning and 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 austin matthews is getting his, his 18 goals in 18 games and marner's putting up the numbers he's putting up you know you don't notice it as much 
to put Tavares on that. I know what Sheldon Keefe was trying to do. Absolutely. Completely. He hated his other options next to Martin and Matthews. All right. Tavares is an $11 million guy. Why not him? I think he also well, thought he would get him going. He thought. Yeah. Yeah. He thought. And it just, I hope it's not one of those starts, Tim, where like it signifies a cold front for the other two. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I hope it's not one of those games, because we don't know how long Thornton's going to be out, uh, or Hyman. But um, I just, I did, I know some Lee fans don't want to hear this. I did kind of feel bad for John Tavares last night, because you just know what today is. You know what this narrative is. It's simple. It's simple. And sometimes you got to dig. Sometimes you got you to try really hard to be the D-bag. People don't have to try that hard when the math is that simple from last night. A red-hot pair, then nothing. With an $11 million guy next to him. Sometimes it's that simple. It's too bad. Did you see the cross-ice pass from Marner to Matthews where he swings and misses? Yeah, that was was a nice moment. No, that becomes the fine line between if he snipes that the way he has in the last, I don't know, 16 games, then that narrative is no longer available. But because there is a swing and miss that Tavares is not involved, it, it becomes that. Like, for sure, this is going to happen in a 56 game schedule for sure. For sure. But like I said, like, like like I said, to wrap up the point, if it continues, though, I don't think it will. Matthews and Martin are having those kind of seasons. I don't think it will. But if it does, but if it does, it's not Matthews and Martin. They're going to take some initial heat. I can guarantee you that. I guarantee you that heat. Yeah. Heat and right heat are two different things. A Habs that sends tonight. Oilers and Canucks tonight. And Denise writes in and says, what are you doing, Sid? One last jinx before you leave? No, keep doubting the Raptors. Dang it. <laughs> no, she I can't do it. does not anymore. want you. I can't do it. I what can't do it. About? I'm sorry. I can't, I can't hey, doubt him. Can't you doubt took him. Philly. Take Philly tonight. For Denise, no. for no. Raptors Nation, it's the final for everybody. Week I got to reverse you this You take Philly point. tonight. It's the final week. I, I, I believe I'm gonna, the, the curse will be lifted. And for the record, I got it right for Game 7 against the Celtics last bubble, off, last bubble season. Remember that? I said Celtics are going to win. Celt- yes, I took the Celtics. Oh, people, that was in a, the- people in a Vancouver airport waiting for that prediction, watching us. <laughs> I got, got it so on. that broke the curse? I, I got a good information. That, I think that broke the curse, but I could, we'll find out tonight. I could be wrong. Denise, you let us know. Did Sid forgettably taking the Celtics in Game 7 second round last year break the curse of the you took Philly or Sid took Philly moment that may or may not be involved in our hashtag TS memories? Nice. Nice. Love that moment. Absolutely love it. We are going to take a break. When we come back, some TS memories that may or may not include that. We'll get to an important Canada basketball decision and uh, generally more sports talk right here on Tim and Sid. It's what we do. Sportsnet Radio and TV. It is what we do. This is Tim and Sid on Sportsnet Radio and TV. We got you for about another hour and a half. Coming up at the top of the hour, there will be a press conference in Los Angeles about the one vehicle accident involving Tiger Woods. 
Uh, we will attempt to bring that to you or the information that you need from that presser along with an interview with Nick Nurse, who is joining us on a game day to discuss a new collaboration between Sportsnet and Canada Basketball. So Nick Nurse, uh, lots of news heading into a big game with Philadelphia and the loss of an assistant coach. Uh, we'll be here to talk about Canada Basketball and the Raptors, along with Glenn Grunwald, who is the president and CEO of Canada Basketball. Uh, something long in the making for you and I, Sid, a partnership between Sportsnet and Canada Basketball. And I just want to take a second here because um, uh, when we have Nick and uh, Glenn Grumwald on, it's going to be down to business, obviously, because we have lots of things to talk to them about. But again, I don't think much, uh, I don't think more can could possibly be made of the support that, and I know you tr- you kind of at times bring me into it, Tim, but let's call a spade a spade here. Tim McAuliffe has been one of the biggest proponents of Canada basketball in this country, consistently on air from the biggest tournaments to something that was significant but probably wasn't covered like it was in San Juan, Puerto Rico last week. Um, The work that you have constantly done on air and off with us, pushing angles, pushing the storylines, pushing some of the guys, giving credit to some of the guys who did, and some of our our female players as well, that travel around the world on pro contracts, by the way, travel around the world to represent Canada as they prep for Olympics. Uh, I just want to commend you for that because I honestly, I, I don't think... I'm not saying you did this, but people like you push this along. People like Tim McAuliffe and people who support basketball Canada in this country, Canada, excuse me, Canada basketball in this country, um, they're, they're, they're kind of rare, okay? And um, when moments like this come up, and Tim didn't know I was going to do this, um, I think they need to be somewhat celebrated. I know it seems like we're just doing our job here, but there's a lot of stuff we can choose not to talk about if I'm being honest about it. And right. Tim McAuliffe has never, never, when it comes to Canada basketball, taken that stance ever despite the fact it's on the zone despite the fact it's 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 on a different type of contract despite the fact not many people see it anymore he's he has still wanted to shed light on this topic and right. just wanted to commend timmy on air for that i remember you and i having a conversation about why isn't the basketball world juniors on national tv and then rj barrett and company in 2017 won the world under 19s and i i had gone into a previous boss's office to pitch this very idea and after they i was like did you see what we could have had here do you, do you so do you, so you're so, saying canadians like watching young athletes represent canada and win is that what you're telling me i've, I've heard is that what you're telling is that somewhere is that along the, the line audience, there's a, the niche there's a, audience out there mccallum is that what we're talking about somewhere along the line someone uh, set a template for something like that to work i don't know where i saw it two uh, once uh, I don't know where it was. <laughs> so it'll be cool to see uh, all of that growth, and we'll talk to Nick Nurse and Glenn Grumwall. Appreciate you, but you and I have always had just this soft spot for national sports because you and I are fans of sports across the world and see in other countries this kind of rep and never really saw it here for whether it was Canada soccer, Canada basketball, things on the periphery outside of hockey, even though we both love hockey understood there could be more and i would sure. throw baseball into that yeah. mix too why not Canada throw baseball. it in there um again what a lot of a lot of 2020 disappointed me i was going to say you know the one thing that disappointed a lot of 2020 but that victoria didn't happen for the olympic qualifiers 
in the yeah. late summer. That would have been unbelievable to go out there for that. And I would have agreed. I would have been easily convinced, Mikal, if, if you well, were. Were we talking about now. going? Yeah. We were. I threw it out. You know me. I yeah. throw that out once in a while with no backing. With Like, I have no facts behind it. <laughs> I'm just right. trying to rope in a boss to maybe spend some money and send us out somewhere. But uh, I did throw it out to you. I'm like, Tim and Sid live at the uh, Olympic trials. Despite the fact we don't have them. Just whatever. Well, just, it's a big event. It's a huge event. Anyway, uh, again, uh, Nick Nurse, head coach of our men's national basketball program and Raptors head coach coming up at 6 Eastern, followed by the president and CEO of Canada Basketball, Glenn Grunwald, joining us next hour. Sportsnet and Canada Basketball signing a pretty unique deal that's going to set up some pretty important youth international tournaments for Canadian basketball programs uh, for the next little while. So that's exciting stuff. Uh, all right, quickly, Tim, a couple things. One, again, as we mentioned earlier, Connor McDavid, must-see TV, is back on ice tonight. Uh, Edmonton Oilers taking on the Vancouver Canucks Sportsnet Pacific and West is where you can see that regionally, so both markets are covered. Is this, again, McAuliffe, it's a late one, but you are normally my barometer as a father of two for this. <laughs> Will you, because we say must-see TV, so let me, t- let, me take the, let me take the McAuliffe test. How much? Because Tim's gonna fall asleep eventually. Because that's he's because that's what he does. He's a human, human. I'm I'm the night owl here. He's he's gonna go to bed eventually. How much of this will you make time for tonight? Considering it's McDavid on the ice. Here's the uh, here's the caveat to something I don't think I've ever explained to you properly. Uh, as a father of two younger children, uh, mine are ten and eight. Um, I do a lot of tucking in at around nine o'clock. And so I will fall asleep while tucking the children in, Sid. What, what, why did I get a look? Like, it's tucking kids the kids like in. stories. Tuck, tucking yes. the kids into bed. Okay, that's what you're what, talking about. Yeah. What, did that, what, did that, please, what did that mean to you? Because I don't on. know Meant what nothing. that look was. Meant nothing. And please it grossed me please out, and maybe yeah, we'd fight. But anyway, my, my mind's in the gutter. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. So I'll fall asleep during that process oftentimes and end up watching West Coast games when I wake up randomly at, I don't know, 1130 midnight. Mm -hmm. So what happens is I fall asleep late early games, then have to PVR and um, end up watching. Like if you look at my tweets, oftentimes they're at like midnight and they're about West Coast games because I've woken up from my mighty slumber. So that's (laughs) I I sometimes catch those games more than I actually catch the East Coast games. All right, fair enough. Uh, the, my my schedule is set. Raptors and Connor. I'm I'm not moving. That's the play. That's and listen and a little Elias Pettersson thrown in. I don't want to downplay what the about type Besser? of form. There, there's some great players on both teams, but the way Pettersson is right now, the yeah, way McDavid is right now, my holy God! So that's going to be must see TV for me a little later on. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, all right, Macau, uh, we, we talked Bo Bichette a lot yesterday. And there was another clip with Bo. Forgive me, Tim. I'm a little out of it. I'm assuming this is also from yesterday's Zoom avail. Correct me if it I'm is. wrong. It is. That is correct, Sydney. I know you've frozen and you're a little out of it, so I'll help pick up the slack here because that's what we are to do I'm here back. on the show. I'm back. But, Thank you for that. Uh, it was from yesterday's availability. And you and I have had the conversation about... Uh, Bo Bichette, and I was almost going to say Brock Besser because that was on the mind. <laughs> Bo Bichette, Brock Besser, but from from Bo Be- uh, from Bo Besser. <laughs> it's another fine, another from, fine from Bo Bichette yesterday. 
um, about this very conversation that you and I have had, and you've pushed it more than I have. I'll be honest with you. Uh, this clip reminded me of what you've been saying to me for much of this offseason when it comes to Bo Bichette. Um, he's, you know, it, the question is, and, and, and baseball, even baseball people, Tim, in the game will sometimes disagree on this. The importance, especially now, right, in the Tampa Bay Rays era of doing baseball, like the importance of right. playing the one position. Uh, this is Bo Bichette on sticking to shortstop. Run it. Obviously, I've told you guys a bunch of times I want to be a shortstop. I, I think that I can be a really good one. You know, I'm going to put the work in to be. So, uh, you know, for me this offseason, I heard the rumors, but really it was just all about continue to work as, as much as I can at shortstop because I was still the shortstop at the time. So uh, nothing changed for me. All right. So, again, Boba Shett yesterday talking about his preference. It's been an interesting offseason for Boba Shett in a lot of ways. There weren't just there wasn't just one rumor out there. There, there was also a signing with Marcus Simeon, who is uh, a former shortstop who finished top three in American League voting not that long ago. So he, there is some pedigree there. Tim, I I believe firmly there are few players who you can just switch around like that and it ain't no thing. Like, there's not a lot of Ben Zobrist out there. I think the Jays might have one in Kevin Biggio. And Kevin Biggio might be a, a better on-base guy than, than Ben Zobrist. But I think generally, like eight times out of ten, it is the smart play. If you have a kid of this talent to, to let him grow in the one spot, sometimes moving people around. And I'm not saying you're not doing it for, for a reason. There's obviously a reason for it. You want to win. You have analytical data that can tell you A, B, and C. I get it. You're not just doing this to do it. But I think you got to leave kids there once in a while. You just got to let them grow. You know, get them, let them get better. He's not going to be the guy who had, all, had those errors in Tampa in the in the losing the two out of three. Like he's not going to grow up to be that guy. I don't believe. You got to let him learn. And especially after the end of that season, you can't just do it now. I think that's really hurting Bo Bichette. Now, if he struggles long term, different story. Then we have a different discussion. But as a shortstop, playing pretty freely, he led the AL in batting last year prior to the knee injury, and he was pretty damn good. Right. I'd like to see him there at least another full season doing that. And maybe that's just me, Tim, but I, I, I think leaving kids there at that talent level is important. Well, I think what we heard here was there is a human element to the conversation of what does this team best short-term and long-term. And I think that the team saw a window here where they could jump in and be a contender right now and thought, if Francisco Lindor is available at shortstop, let's just put him in there. And I don't think you or I thought that was the wrong idea. However, no, I didn't. however, when it comes to the emotions of a young player, I think what you heard yesterday was, I heard the rumors, I heard the chatter, I'm a shortstop, I want to be a shortstop. And that can go two ways. That challenge of Bo Bichette can make him get better or it could cause him to be a little pissed. And I think what you heard here was he heard it all, and we're about to see how he took it. But I, didn't, I honestly thought, son of a, a big leaguer, he understands this a little bit more. And what I heard yesterday was, nah, I'm taking that a little personally. And I, I poo-pooed your idea that he would take this really personally uh, earlier in the season, and I take it back. Earlier in the offseason, I take it back. I think he did take it personally. And I think that can go two ways. 
It can be a pissed off Bobachet, but a pissed off Bobachet can be good. I know a lot of dudes that I play with who you hope to piss them off because they were better pissed off. Uh, I don't know if that necessarily works for baseball, but I think Bo Bichette was challenged uh, here. And can, he knows it, it. I think it can. I, I think I think a kid. Look, I you know I I haven't been able to do the spring training thing with Bo coming up through the system. Like I haven't been like I envy when I listen to guys like with Jeff Blair and Stephen Brunch who've, who've gone down to spring training and can really get their hands dirty down there and talk to people. Yeah. Like I, it's it's a great place to be. You learn a lot. And I haven't been able – you and I haven't had that opportunity, but the one thing I've always remembered is and, – and, and I know Stephen Brun's been down this road too, but like Jeff Blair of Writer's Block, I, I, he, he's been in this kid's corner since day one, and most of that has been human-to-human interaction. Just watching him operate, seeing him talk to people, seeing him talk to his teammates, being around the clubhouse, you name it. And the confidence and I, he brings. Yeah, and the confidence he brings. And, I, and all I know is if Jeff Blair and Stephen Brun's are in a guy's corner, that's, that's enough for me. So I – I think it could piss him off enough where it's a hell of a – the Jays can reap a, a hell of a lot here, Tim, uh, and, and, and Bo can, can have himself a good little season. Uh, and he was on his way to having that prior to the, prior to the knee injury last year where he was, he was, he was raking. So uh, I, I'm hoping it motivates him, McAuliffe. I think, I think it could. I'm kind of with you on that. I think – I know you said it can go both ways, but I'm, I'm, I hope it will because he is that type of talent. And quite frankly, he is the catalyst. Like, there's a, there's, let's be honest here. If you're looking for a leader in that young group, most people have believed that it's Bo. Cabin leads in a different way. Vladdy's got a, kind of a different path, maybe. From a leader in the clubhouse, Bo was always looked at as a guy. Hopefully, he can develop into that this year. Hopefully. Uh, Tim and friends coming your way Monday, March 8th. We are getting messages. From those friends. Uh, It's named Tim and Friends because we've always referred to friends of the show. And while we're talking baseball, I want to close this block with one of those messages from not only one of the greatest insiders in all of sports who happens to focus on baseball, but also a dude that spit Wu-Tang Clan on this show (laughs) and does a damn good Elmo. I present to you, friend of the show, Jeff Passan. Tim and Sid, my favorite Canadian duo aside from Japan Droids. It's been almost 20 years together. It's an unbelievable marriage, and all I want to know is what are the kids going to say? Are they really going to wake up in the morning to watch you, Sid? They're really going to continue listening in the afternoon to you, Tim? You know what? I do have the solution to this. Wu-Tang is for the children. <laughs> Man, we, I know we got a break. We, we ran into Jeff Passan. He was a swashbuckling young Yahoo reporter. And you knew within seconds of talking to this dude, he was a little different. In all the good ways, he was a little different. And uh, it has been, uh, it, again, the joy of being able to talk to guys like that on this show for Tim and I. I can't describe it to you. I know we go down the road a lot, and we will this week for sure. But damn, it's fun talking to Jeff Passan. God bless Jeff. I uh, I keep making the mistake of reading the comments on stories about our final week, and the people who don't get the show often like to comment on the show. And when I see guys like Passan rocket ship to the highest of highs, 
and recognize what we do here, it makes me feel like we're on the right path or have been on the right path. And the people commenting on those stories still don't get it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, he does Um, the Wu-Tang, he does the Elmo, and he also is the greatest baseball insider in the game or pretty damn close to. We've got other friends that could probably claim the moniker too. But that's just the way it's going. Couldn't agree with you more. Thanks again to Jeff Passon for everything he's done for us, and uh, there's a reason he's the best. He's amazing. Time for a break. More memories. Uh, We'll have some updates on the Tiger Woods situation in Los Angeles and talk to Nick Nurse and Glenn Grunwald on this edition of Tim and Sid, Coast to Coast, Sportsnet TV and Radio. Again, coming up top of the hour, Nick Nurse along with Glenn Grunwald, special announcement from Canada Basketball. For those who don't remember, the head coach of the Toronto Raptors is also the head coach of the men's national team. Uh, He will join us to talk about both, and we will get an update on the single-car vehicle uh, that was uh, rolled in Los Angeles that had Tiger Woods inside of it. He has been in surgery. Uh, We're hoping to get an update as soon as possible from the L.A. County Sheriff's Department. Uh, That at the top of the hour. Uh, Anything you want to add on either of those, Sydney? No, just uh, again after uh, just FYI after our conversation with Nick Nurse because Nick is coming up right up at six. Programming note: so once Nick Nick's going to stay for about ten to twelve minutes, and we'll uh, we'll 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 let the Tiger Woods story uh, have as much time as is needed to on the back end, in terms of the update we're getting from uh, from outside of Harvard UCLA Medical Center in LA. So that that's what that next segment's going to look like. Uh, right now we're looking back with hashtag TS memories, and earlier in the show. Uh, Denise asked you to pick Philly. Uh, in going into the game tonight, <laughs> Nick Nurse and the Raptors facing Philly. It's a similar refrain. It's similar because it is one of the nominated Tim and Sid memories. And we've asked everyone to go on to Twitter with the hashtag TS memories and tell us what they remember about the show or will remember about the show. Longtime Tim and Citizens, Ray, or Tim and Citizen, Ray Perkin, wrote into the show and said, I will always remember Sid picking Philly to beat the Raptors and the chaos of interns racing in to celebrate, including a horse, question mark, as Sid reveled in the glory, straight face, and stone-like. I present to you the hashtag 6 curse. I got to do this. As a friend. I feel it deep in my loins. As a friend. Here we go. You ready? We're doing it here. The winner of Game 7, Sunday night... No, don't do it. ...will be Philadelphia. Oh, thank God. Wait, wait, oh, wait, wait. Thank wait. God. Did he, did he pick the Sixers? Guys, 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 he just took Philly! He took Philly! He took Philly!
and because of that, and because of that, the bounces from Kawhi were attracted by the Sid's Sixero curse to fall into the hoop. Like like tractor beams, Macau. Like tractor. <laughs> no one like Dara. I, that's a, who's contributed more to the Raptors than me with that moment alone. I knew the power. I know. I know what Tim. The, Kyle well, Lowry, right, Masai Ujiri, whatever. The Kawhi lead Leonard. up. The lead up was I didn't get one game right for four weeks, right? Or something like that. Or so (laughs) it felt. I I was on the worst run of my existence. And it was just a burst of joy when I picked Philly. By the way, on the series finale night of Game of Thrones as well. That was a hell of a Sunday night. I don't know if you remember that. It was Kawhi's shot and the end of Game of Thrones. Speaking of Game of Thrones, T. Dizzy writes in and says, how about the time Sid called into the show from a bathroom stall at a car repair shop? (laughs) Hey, man, I'm here to be part of the team. By any Uh, means necessary. Greg Greg figure skating rant could be played every show till he leaves, and we'd all be happy. Uh, We'll continue this. We'll also get an update from Los Angeles, speak to Nick Nurse and Glenn Grumwald, another jam-packed show. Tim and Sid. It's time for Real Sports Talk with Tim McCallum and Sid Sexero. Thank you very much, Sheepdogs. Final hour, too sweet to be sour. This is Tim and Sid. Full slate of the NHL includes two... In the Scotiabank North Division, Canadians and the Senators play once more. Habs scuffling a wee bit as they go into that game, 7 p.m. Eastern in Ottawa tonight. And at 10 p.m. Eastern, it is the Oilers and the Canucks from Vancouver. On the basketball side of things, nine in the NBA tonight, including the 76ers and Raptors. And we're hearing word right now from Tampa, Sydney, that Kyle Lowry is out once again for the Toronto Raptors as Nick Nurse is set to join us uh, in mere moments from now. Uh, we'll ask Nick if he expects him back this week. There's counting tonight still four games this week for the Raptors, if I did my math correct. Yeah. Tonight, tomorrow, Friday, and then one Sunday. It is a busy week. So uh, Kyle's going to get to kind of pick a shot here, although the fact that he missed two against Philly tells you a little something, I think, Tim, about that injury. Because uh, if, there's, if there's one team Kyle does not like to miss games against, it's probably the Sixers. So we'll uh, we'll get an update uh, from Nick Nurse on Kyle. Again, uh, the Canada basketball deal that was signed today between Canada basketball and Sportsnet, uh, which entails not only a lot of unique programming, but again, under-22 tournaments set to begin in the summer of 2022, ironically enough, for both men's and women's teams. International tournaments where Canada at a youth level can really expose themselves uh, competitively, uh, not just against some of the better teams in the world, but on Sportsnet. It's going to it's got a lot of potential, McAuliffe, as we know in this business. Yeah. You set up some youth tournaments, you never know what's going to happen. Um, so I think it's a fantastic idea. Uh, so we'll talk to Nick about that. Again, just to reiterate the point on the Raptors, uh, Raptors Sixers is on Sportsnet 1, Sportsnet Ontario, and Sportsnet East this evening. Uh, our next guest doesn't usually do radio interviews 90 minutes out to opening tip, but uh, as head coach of not only the Raptors, but our men's national program, he has been kind enough to give us some time here. So we'll start there. Actually, you know what? We're not going to start there. Here's where to start. Nick Nurse, we miss you, man. How you doing? How are things? Yeah. I'm doing great. I, um, 
there's a lot less stress without having to deal with the media in person before a game. <laughs> so what, doing, be, that's why we can do this interview. Uh, it must be. Do you must want me frank. to give you this? This is for you and not having to deal with the uh, the media before a game. <laughs> celebration yes is, yes is this like the last week of, the, of, of this show too or what's what's going on this is the last week of tim and sid uh i'm going to breakfast television uh my hours will change uh, on breakfast television why are you so surprised they're going to breakfast <laughs> it's like the raptors going to tampa Anyway. <laughs> uh, well, I think most people believe you guys would have more success down there than I might on this new venture, but uh, <laughs> I, I digress. Um, uh, let's uh, Seriously, though, Nick, I know the radio interview thing, this is not the day for that, so we appreciate you jumping on. Yeah, thank you. Um, okay. let's, start with, let's, let's, uh, let's start with Canada basketball here. Again, the, the, the idea of youth tournaments uh, on Canadian soil for under-22 players. The new deal with Sportsnet's great from a lot of aspects, but from a development standpoint, from your perspective, to not only have that kind of competition for kids in the program, but to have it so close to home, at home, how, how, much, how important could this be for, for both the men's and women's side? Well, it's, there's, there's a lot of things that make it really important. There's a there's a ton of talent as you guys know in the in the youth uh, basketball both men and women in Canada, giving them a giving them a platform but more importantly a profile like this is great for those guys to get a comeback, do it on television, have a little kind of big timeness to it. You know what I mean? It's it's oh, yeah. a, it's a good draw and it's alluring and they deserve it. And I think it's a outstanding step forward. How excited are you for the prospects of Canada basketball? Like, I mean, you, you've got a lot of things in the plate. You're you're a world champion. Um, like, you don't have to do this. What what makes you want to be the head coach of Canada basketball? Well, I think there's a combination of things. I love international basketball. It's it's been some of my most enjoyable coaching in my life to watch country against country basketball and the pride and passion that the players play with. Um, there's a lot of talent in Canada. It'd be great if we could get it together and take it to new heights. I mean, I, I think that would be inspiration for the youth. And I think the we saw the way the Raptors and the fans got behind that success. I think it it could be similar, and I and I just think it's exciting. And I know I love to coach, man. I'll I'll coach a a game anywhere you'll let me. <laughs> we know that. <laughs> we, we know that. We know that. Yeah. Nick Nurse here on Tim. Nick, how much of like if your if your resume wasn't what it was internationally, would you feel the same way about about international basketball? Like I remember the Sportsnet Christmas special you were just on. And you said a gold medal would mean more to you than that ring. And that blew me away, man. Like, I understand it, but it still kind of blew me away. Does, would you have that same mentality if, you're, if, you, if your road to this point wasn't what it was? Um, I think so. I mean, you know, I got I to be around some national team play a couple different times with uh, both England and Great Britain when I was a younger coach. And 
So I did get to see it. I coached in some Euro League and other FIBA tournaments and things like that. So I don't know. I guess I got to be around it. And I, I just like international basketball. Um, and I kind of always, right when I first started doing it, I kind of always thought about, man, what's the ultimate goal at this level? And it's a gold medal. And um, I don't know. It, it seems like the ultimate goal of, of coaching basketball. I mean, listen. The ring is awesome. Don't get me, don't get no. me wrong. Of course, but of course. Yeah. Yes. Was, was awesome. But maybe, maybe we, when we win the gold medal, we can have a conversation on breakfast television about it, maybe. Right. <laughs> Deal. There's a, there's a, I, got, there's a, I got you booked. I've got you booked in two mornings later, Nick. No problem. There's a, no problem. Okay. there's a saying in hockey, there's a triple gold club, and it's gold Olympics. It's It's a world championship or a Stanley Cup, as it were and a world juniors. So I think those guys, and like the one thing that I'll just, one more thing on Canada basketball, like the one thing Sid and I, when we heard your story and read about your story, really respected was your journey and that you've been a part of that grind and you've been to Derby and you, you know uh, what it's like to play Euro league basketball. And you've seen those crowds. How impressed were you with the guys who left their pro teams in Europe in the middle of a pandemic to travel to Puerto Rico to help Canada attempt to qualify for an Olympic Games that those guys probably won't play in? Well, I watched both the games and just watching them play and watching the conviction again and pride and just the effort they were given. Um, and again, you just mentioned all the circumstances they came from and the circumstances they were in. There no fans, nothing else. It was it's impressive, man. I, again, that's what that's what the catch is is the, the is the is the loyalty to playing for your country and all that stuff that really shows through. And you could see it even in a in a game like that. And I guess that kind of you know what draws you to it or what draws me to it anyway. Nick Nurse here on Tim and Sid. Um, Anything else, Timmy, on that front, or we, or we talk a no, little tonight? Great. Raptors, Sixers tonight, Sportsnet 1, Ontario and East, 7.30 Eastern. No Kyle Lowry tonight. Nick, specifically this recent stretch here against Milwaukee and Philly the, the other night, what of those performances by your team would you say surprised you the most? Um, I don't know. Probably just that we... Um... I think firmly believe we can go out there and get it done now. Like I think I think we know who we are a little bit. We're starting. I mean, we're starting to know who we are and start to believe in who we are. Um, and tremendous execution of the defensive game plans. R- really tremendous for, throughout. When you talk about that defense, how much? And I know that we we had conversations about this at the start of the year. The, the execution of those game plans, like how much of that is effort? How much of that is intense intensity? How much of that is intellect? Like mm-hmm. how much did you have to work to get to this point? Yeah, it's, it's uh, against those teams. It's all of those things, you know, at a super high level, like, like you gotta, you gotta know what we're doing. Um, you gotta see it and then you gotta do it full tilt. You know, you got to do it full tilt, and and um, that's kind of where I you, know, you asked me what I've been impressed with. I've been impressed with that we're getting we're getting it done, and we're getting it done at uh, a level of effort that it's required to do against 
the best teams and we're sustaining it. And, you know, the other night we had a fourth quarter one where we took it up even another half a notch to kind of do it when it mattered most. Nick Nurse, head coach of the Raptors here on Tim and Sid. How, how sustainable is small for you? Like it's, it, it's something that's working, it's happening, but like big yeah. picture, where, where are you at with it? Well, it looks, you know, it's been interesting. It looks like it can be okay because we start small and then we kind of sub in big. You know, we kind of come in with, with Aaron and Chris both now at the four, and I think it's given us another avenue to play Chris Boucher. May, may, it might be his best avenue, you know. Who, who knew we always thought he had to play the five because that's kind of what he does on offense, the screening, rolling, and picking and popping, and now he's – looking like a better four on defense. So that's, that's been a, uh, adjustment. But I think, again, even though, you know, we start small tonight, it's only going to be four or five minutes before Baines, yeah. you know, before Baines comes in there and starts wrestling with Embiid. <laughs> uh, Nick Nurse joining us here on Tim and Sid. The one, the one other question I have is, um, what do you attribute the evolution of Pascal from him sitting a game to where he's at now? Just, just him. You know, I think, I think that um, he's playing. He's, he's found a level of joy to play with again. A level of, you know, I always use the word juice. He's playing with a lot more juice. He's up the floor quicker. He's, he's taking to the rim harder. He's moving his feet better on defense, and a lot of that's, you know, triggered from a from a fresher and more enjoyable mental aspect. But it's, you know, triggered right to a physical aspect as well. So I think he's. Just seems like he's playing a little bit, a little bit more of a smile on his face. And his body language, Nick, is is pretty transparent, man. It's one of the more transparent <laughs> body languages. Like right now, honestly, like you, you know, you know, within three minutes of tip, like what kind of Pascal's out there? Is he enjoying himself or not? Like it's pretty easy to figure out. I never comment on people's <laughs> body language. <laughs> yeah, that's, I have no. That's, maybe, that's a whole next. Right, that's a whole next step yeah. of analysis. Forgive me, Nick. Forgive yeah. me. Forgive no. me. Yeah, but you're right. You're right. It is. It is better, and it's, it's more fun for everybody, including him. Oh, no. Last one, and I don't know if you know the answer to it, so you can just say I don't know the answer. Do you know when you'll get Kyle back or approximately when you'll get Kyle back? Hoping tomorrow. Hoping tomorrow. He's been kind of day-to-day, but they, um, uh, they told me today he was out, out today and should, but should be a go tomorrow. Cool. It's been impressive what you've been able to do without him. Uh, listen, great run. Keep it going. Thank you for taking the time. And again, we do really appreciate Thanks, uh, so close to game time. I'm going to miss coming on this show and good luck with everything, okay? Appreciate it, Nick. Awesome. Good luck not awesome. only with this team, but Canada basketball as well. Good luck with that, brother. Thank you. Okay. Talk to you guys. Bye. There is uh, Nick Nurse of the Toronto Raptors. Uh, little does he know I'm still going to bug his ass. <laughs> like, I don't think he heard that part, but he is not getting away. From, he may no, get away from you for a little while, and he'll be gracious for that. Yeah, he'll 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 but be very not, thankful. He'll be very he's thankful. Not getting away from me because I'm staying here, and I'll be bugging his ass a lot. Uh, Timmy, the, just the, the the Pascal road you went down there, playing with more joy, playing with more juice, so important. Uh, as as we get to learn Pascal. And also remember that he's still like what, like over ten years removed, eleven years removed from starting to play basketball competitively. <laughs> right. Let's keep that in mind, right? Like it's, it's still an insane journey that he's been on. But the joy and the juice—it's so apparent when he's when he has that. The yelling, the little things, right? The yelling after an and one, the the, 
you know. Oh, he gets and ones. Well, occasionally, he, yes. Occasionally. Okay. Right, He's right, getting yeah. there, Tim. He's getting there. When he gets He's a getting... whistle, yes, <laughs> yeah, I understand yes. what you're talking about. And I am not one to, to to whine about whistles, but, man, does he not get a lot <laughs> yeah, of whistles. You, you never whine about whistles. I'm stunned never. you said that. You never. You, never. you were not the guy. And, I, and, further, and neither am I, for the record, except for that one time years ago <laughs> against yes, Cleveland. I just, remember, I, I just remember that one time. That was but insanity that time. It was but, insanity. And yeah. that's, that's what should have made it stronger to those who were listening. And there were a lot of people listening. But let, let me just say this, Sid, because Nick said him. It's Pascal. It's finding his juice. It's finding his joy. But the bubble wasn't that long ago. The start of nope. the season was very similar to the bubble. And part of drafting and developing. And I say this all the time, and it very rarely gets through. I have studied for 20 years what it is the difference between your number one overall pick, your number four overall pick, and a 27th overall pick that ends up being a star. And a lot of that is belief and confidence. And I thought that Pascal in the bubble had lost a lot of that. And I thought at the start of the year there was some wavering. And you have to give credit to franchises who are able to find and mold that back into shape. And I think, you know, listen, there was a lot of stats about Pascal missing shots at the end. of All of that is how you build the guy back up again, showing confidence in him even if he misses those shots, which goes back to the Michael Jordan quote or commercial about, how many times he was entrusted with taking a game-winning shot and how many times he missed that. And the Raptors have become the gold standard of drafting and developing. And I don't think you can say enough about Nick Nurse's role in that, even though he just told us it was all Pascal. And and coaching, Tim, right? Like they've, yeah. they've had two coaches off that staff from Nick Nurse poached. Quite frankly, we're now running teams oh, yeah, we and didn't in, even ask about that. Indiana, and we didn't. We just didn't have the time. I, I, we we would have got there, but now running teams in Indiana and Minnesota, like this, like within the last seven eight months. Um, so it's it, all the way around. It's development. It's it's this organization knows what it's doing completely. Again, the Raptors tonight against Philadelphia. Uh, no Kyle Lowry, but Nick Nurse just told us he does kind of expect him back tomorrow against Miami. So we'll we'll wait and see on that. You can watch the game Sportsnet Ontario East and one tonight. Sixers taking on the Raptors. Uh, all right, Timmy, back to the other story. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those just kind of turning us on here, Tiger Woods at 10 a.m. Eastern this morning, 7 a.m. local in and around the Los Angeles area, was involved in a very nasty car accident. Uh, his SUV flipped over multiple times, and he was immediately taken to Harvard UCLA Medical Center. As you as you would anticipate twitter and the reports have been flying left and right as to what the deal is with tiger we have official statements now to play for you timmy the first one here is from they're both actually from la county sheriff alex villanueva this was his opening statement at the press conference in la a few moments ago roll it Today at 7.12 in the morning, Lomita Sheriff Station received a call of a solo vehicle collision in Har- Harbor or Hawthorne Boulevard, north of 
Palos Verdes Drive. We arrived on scene at 7.18 a.m. and discovered the solo vehicle collision and the sole occupant was, again, uh, Tiger Woods. And uh, deputies, at the time, they did not see any evidence of impairment, anything that uh, of concern. Obviously, the, the life-setting measures that had to be taken for the occupant of the vehicle, and uh, Chief Osby will speak to that regard. And it was a solo vehicle. Unfortunately, during the course of the investigation of this, there was another traffic collision that happened with people being looky-loose. But that, thankfully, there was no injuries associated with that. The vehicle traveled several hundred feet from the center, uh, center divider at the intersection and rested on the, on the west side of the road in the brush, sustained major damage to the vehicle. You've seen all the images of that. And um, with that, our Lomita Sheriff Station will be conducting the traffic investigation. And it'll take from days to several weeks to get the whole thing together. Once the, in, the investigation is completed, we will provide a, a, a detailed uh, report. It'll be available you know, based on Public Record Act request, and we will not discuss it any further after that point. Once again, L.A. County Sheriff uh, Alex Villanueva in Los Angeles on the single car crash involving Tiger Woods earlier today. Uh, again, I, I mean, we can have the debate over what it means to know or not know, but just considering the past of Tiger Woods and, and how many people are interested in Tiger Woods, uh, I, it was notable that he, he very early in that threw out no evidence of impairment. Um, again, Tim, I don't know if my meant like if he were to tell me there was, I don't know if my mentality would change in this moment. I just everyone's worried about Tiger. Right. Um, so, but it is it does speak to the story. It's it, that was really interesting to me. And again, just to confirm, and we're rolling um, for those listening, we are rolling the pictures here on the TV side for obvious reasons. Um, it, it was confirmed that. SUV hit the center median and went several hundred feet into the bush at the bottom of the hill. Um, again, no no word on how fast uh, Tiger was going. There's no way of knowing yet before the investigation really takes hold. But uh, as Tim and I kind of briefly mentioned off the top, there are trees uprooted and they're not small in that area. Um, no. There was a force in that that is pretty severe and would be consistent with uh, the severity of the situation with Tiger Woods as we sit here today in this moment. So um, that is, uh, again, that was a press conference we were waiting on for a bit. And um, not really sure where to take it off that, Tim, just because just other than to say this is, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just one of those stories where Tiger, Tiger Woods for a long time was the golden boy. And then we realized he was human. We realized uh, he, if you pricked him, he bled. And he was far from perfect in a lot of ways. And, you know, I think we've reached a point in the Tiger story, and I haven't seen the doc, Tim, forgive me. I, I, I don't know if you have. Um, I haven't seen the doc. But this is, um, everyone's kind of familiar with how this has gone. Um, to his, to the, the pain pills, to the, the, the infamous... Uh, roadside sobriety tests that we saw to the just everyone's just kind of worried about him. <laughs> and that right. prior to this, everyone's constantly like, is Tiger okay? It's, uh, past the, you know, are you going to play in the Masters after your fifth back surgery? Like it's bigger than that. So right. I think that's, I think we're all kind of in the same place, Tim. I don't want to speak for you, but everyone's just kind of in the man, I hope he's okay. 
right. kind of plays. Uh, there's more information that is trickling out um, from that press conference. Uh, Alex Villanueva also said the road where the crash occurred is downhill with slopes and curves, so it's not uncommon to see accidents in the area. We've heard that repeatedly from multiple people yeah. who live in the area. And apparently there were no skid marks, no signs of hitting brakes. Uh, the car hit a tree and there were several rollovers. Uh, weather was not a factor. It was very early in the morning. And from what we know, Tiger was filming um, for Golf Digest and Golf TV. In fact, uh, there are pictures of him working with Jada Pinkett Smith and with Dwayne Wade yesterday. And today was supposed to be uh, day two of that filming uh, at a local course. So um, I guess all we can say is the investigation is being conducted uh, by L.A. Sheriff's uh, County Sheriff's Department. And when we get more information, we'll pass it on to you. Well, Sam, for, forgive me. Just coming across the chat here, we do have another clip from from uh, Sheriff Villanueva regarding Tiger's specific. I condition. said we would pass it on as soon as we and, got well, it. Well, so say and you shall go. receive. Here, here's more info on Tiger. If the deputies arrive on scene, there's a vehicle that's rolled over. There's someone inside the vehicle. They can't re remove them. Obviously, that's that's. We'll leave it at that. He was he was he was alive and he was he was conscious, and um, that's the extent of that. There was no evidence of impairment. So subsequent to that, we're not going to make any. Uh, there was no effort to draw um, blood, for example, at, at the hospital. Nothing was uh, removed from the scene or found at the scene. The, no evidence of impairment at this point in time. The information I got back from my personnel. And the things that they do is they would do a scene assessment. It was brought to my attention that he was conscious. Now, exactly what was said is unknown, but he was conscious. Um, our personnel make an assessment to make a determination of their level of consciousness, make sure that they're breathing, uh, control any uh, serious bleeding, and then control and address any serious injuries. It was brought to my attention that he had uh, serious leg injuries, and that was assessed at the incident. All right, so that again, uh, the first voice you heard was Alex Villanueva. The second was L.A. County Police Chief Daryl Osby. I uh, uh, hope I'm pronouncing that right. Daryl Osby was just saying what, what his team saw when they arrived. And again, and again uh, um, Villa, um, Sheriff Villanueva was, was very clear to him in saying they didn't, even, they didn't even take blood at the hospital from Tiger from an impairment issue. Like, they saw no signs of it. So, uh, again, it wouldn't change my, my mindset right now either way. But... Uh, He's, he's putting that out there, definitely. The other, uh, the other part of the equation is that um, people are looking for the story. And both the Correct. Sheriff's Department and the LAPD understand that and are just saying, we'll take care of Tiger Woods and then worry about that later. Uh, we've got more here. Uh, Sportsnet 360 and 590 is where we continue. Hockey Central is next on Sportsnet, and we'll do all that next here on Tim and Sid. Still to come, the unholy alliance is revved up again as Donovan Bennett and Kayla Gray sit down for a conversation. TSN, Sportsnet coming together to do the right thing. Uh, we will play that conversation for you a little later on also. 
an important announcement from Sportsnet and Canada Basketball on a new partnership, Sydney, that says going far and beyond the broadcast, an innovative collaboration that will see the launch of new domestic and international basketball events beginning in 2022. Both of us are really excited about it, and I have a feeling our next guest is too. Glenn Grunwald, Canada basketball president and CEO. He's been a name and a face in basketball circles in this country, obviously, for a long, long time. Glenn joining us on the line. Glenn, it's, it's great to talk to you. How excited are you about this partnership, and how much credit does Tim McAuliffe get? <laughs> well, I'll give Tim all the credit. He, he always uh, is behind the scenes there. I'm sure he was pulling some strings. But, no, it's, it's a wonderful opportunity, this joint venture, you know, to be creative, to start developing some properties that can uh, showcase our great athletes, our coaches, and, and get more exposure to our fans and tell some of the great stories that's part of basketball in Canada. You know, we've seen the growth of basketball in this country up close and personal since you arrived in 94 as an assistant GM with the Raptors. It's been unbelievable. And I remember Sid and I attempting to represent that rise on our show that the, on the day after the Raptors won a world championship. Seven million people were watching that. Over seven million people were watching that game. It feels like it's time that Canada basketball benefited from that growth too. Is that what this is attempting to achieve, is to, to piggyback on all of that success that we've seen and make sure that Canada basketball seems uh, sees the same type of growth? Exactly. Uh, you know, basketball is a team sport, and it's true on the court as well as off the court. So we've had some great partnerships over the years. Uh, MLSC and the Raptors have been tremendously supportive of us. Uh, both directly and indirectly. Uh, Nike has been a long-term partner of ours. Uh, Toyota is currently a partner of ours. And, and I think this Sportsnet one is as big as any because uh, we, we need to work together to, to unify this, this nation, which has become a basketball nation. And, and in order to do that, we need to have a platform in which to communicate. And I can't think of a better avenue to do so than through Sportsnet and all its various uh, uh, broadcast platforms and, and other other means of com- com- communicating. Glenn Grunwald, president and CEO of Canada Basketball here on Tim and Sitting in the deal between Sportsnet and Canada Basketball, a ton of original content and and really I don't I don't want to say the piece of the resistance because there's a lot of good stuff in this deal Glenn, but the under 22 tournaments in this country for men and women has incredible incredible potential. Um enjoyed watching young athletes uh, rep Canada and winning? Like, where did that idea pop into your head, potentially? Well, you know, Brian Cooper, who's the chairman of the board here at uh, Canada Basketball, has been a longtime sports marketing executive, and I've, I've worked with him since 1993, back in the early days of the Raptors, so I have a lot of respect for him. And what he saw was an opportunity to build our own version of the World Junior Hockey Championships. And not only is that a great opportunity for basketball fans to see the next generation of our star players, the the players that will be representing uh, our country uh, in future Olympics, uh, but it's also a great development opportunity. There's a gap in in the structure where, particularly in the women's side, but also in the men's side, where after while they're playing university or college, there's 
there's nowhere for them to play. Uh, the the under 19 is where FIBA st- stops playing, so it gives them an opportunity to get exposure, to get development, uh, and to to be scouted by pro teams. And we think that's a tremendous opportunity. When we talk to USA Basketball and the NCAA, they see the exact same thing. You know, so I think it's going to be a, a tremendous opportunity to see the next, you know, not the one and done players but the next NBA and professional athletes that are WNBA athletes that are coming through the pipeline and that will then, you know, be part of our national program. So Glenn, I mean, you mentioned how, how, uh, how, how late and how old the FIBA window goes. It, it, does FIBA play a role in this? I would assume some role, but if this, if this isn't necessarily a FIBA idea, what is their role in this? Well, FIBA, you know, we're, we're a member of FIBA and we have to play in, in, in their tournaments. Uh, so, you know, I think we're working towards making sure that we can get better exposure uh, for FIBA. So hopefully we'll be having another positive announcement in the not-too-distant future regarding actual FIBA games and tournaments. Uh, but for now, this mm-hmm. is an independent uh, venture uh, where, again, we're trying to become a, a organization that not only is a great development program and, and competes successfully at the international level, but also is an elite sports marketing and event company. And you may know that we've, we've hired a, ch- a chief operating officer that was just announced uh, yesterday, Michael Bartlett, who's, uh, who's a, a very talented a young executive coming out of MLSE and who we worked with for a number of years. So we're going to be counting on, on Michael to help drive our, our business model, our events, our branding, and, and, and all the other business operations of our uh, entity as we go forward here. How much growth is there there? Glenn? Uh, tremendous. Tremendous growth. You know, the, we can't meet the demand right now for basketball in this country. There's a, you know, we, we did a uh, lot of stakeholder engagement, and, and we heard two things from people that are involved in basketball, and particularly at the grassroots level. One, we need more and better referees. You know, there's no games with no referees. And uh, there's uh, definitely a, a recruitment effort, a retention effort, and a training effort that we've undertaken with our new Canadian Basketball Officials Commission. And the second thing we heard was we need more access to facilities. Uh, the number of uh, players playing, the number of clubs that are playing, uh, the number of games that are played, the number of practices that are needed. You know, we've traditionally been a school-based sport, but now we're both a school-based sport and a club-based sport. And schools are becoming less accessible and more, more, more expensive. So we have to find more facilities, and that's one of the other activities that we're engaging in. It's one of our goals to make sure that basketball facilities exist in this country and that they're made available to all who want to play. Understood. Uh, having covered the women's game for a couple of years, I know that, one, the demand for coverage is growing, and, two, our national women's team is really, really good. In fact, it's ranked uh, currently fourth in the world, and a lot of people don't even know that. There's some crazy talent in the queue. Uh, Letitia Amahair at South Carolina, Leah Edwards at UConn. Like, how much, how much shine will the women get from this deal? Uh, equal. Equal, and, and probably more because, uh, you know, they're, they're a little ahead of the game in terms of qualification for the Olympics uh, coming up here. Our men still have to qualify, and we're, we're hosting the Olympic qualifying tournament for the men out in uh, Victoria this, this coming June and July. So, but, the, but the women are really an outstanding group of individuals and talented players, and they're, they're a great story. So hopefully they'll get the, uh, the exposure that they deserve and have worked so hard to earn. 
Glenn Grunewald joining us. He is the president and CEO of Canada Basketball, Sportsnet in Canada Basketball today, reaching a rather unique agreement, some great original programming to expose the women's program and the men's program to a lot of people in this country and also uh, the one that's really piquing me, two under-22 tournaments in Canada beginning in the summer of 2022 to be broadcast, where else? Right here on Sportsnet. Um, Glenn, I want to talk TV here. Um, in your conversations with Rogers, or, you know, if you, I don't know if you have conversations with Rogers and Bell. I know how recent they've been, but have, have there been talks, considering that there was this type of discussion going on between you and, and the company we work for, any talks more long-term? Any talks about getting the senior program, women's, men's, more um, more broadcast TV time? I know you have a unique deal right now. But were there conversations in that light? Absolutely. Absolutely. There is uh, uh, plans to make sure that our fans can have better access to the games, that when we're playing uh, international competitions, whether it's our senior men's or women's teams or whether it's our age group teams, that they are accessible and people can hear about them before uh, they're aired. And so that is a key part of the plan uh, going forward. And like I said, uh, hopefully there'll be a lot of uh, good news to announce, more good news to announce in the not-too-distant future. Hmm. All right. Awesome. So when that comes, uh, make sure that you uh, you carve some time out for us because uh... – we would love to hear about it, or I guess I would, because Sid's going to breakfast television. But that's another, another story <laughs> for another day. That's true. That's true. Uh, really hope that we can work with with you on some of this stuff. Really excited at the possibilities, and, and congratulations on the partnership. Yes, thank you very much, guys. And Sid, good luck to you. You know, some of the games when we play overseas are on at breakfast time, so you might you might want to you know cover you some go, of man. those games in your new gig. Right. We can get some highlights in, Glenn. You know, we, we can cut that up. No problem. All right, Glenn, listen, again, the deal's great. Uh, the tournaments, I'm really excited about them. I know Timmy is. It's a great idea. And and uh, excited about the future. All the best to you, man. Thank you. All right. Thank you, guys. There is uh, Glenn Grumwall, Canada Basketball uh, President and CEO. Just kind of cool to see something to come to fruition that for a long time we've been talking about on this show uh, being something that could work and Brian Cooper being uh, someone that we used to see around a lot. It's great to see that uh, that everyone kind of thought the same thing and then got something done. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Great idea. Great idea. Speaking of great ideas, Timmy, we don't often see uh, kind of Rodgers and Bell get together in non-Olympic ways. We see in Olympic ways. But uh, after the break... Uh, the two companies combine in a way that is uh, phenomenal to see. We're going to run that for you next. This is Tim and Sid. We're live on TV and radio. Welcome back to Tim and Sid, coast to coast on Sportsnet 360. Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto. Sid and I have always believed in having the conversation, no matter how hard the conversation is. And that conversation always felt like it should be the ones that you have with your friends in the bar, at school, or in the basement. Maybe it's fitting that our show will end with both of us in our basement. <laughs> True. Because that's how we always wanted it to feel. Like friends chatting about sports and the things that affect those sports, no matter how tough. Uh, Timmy, one of the originals invited into the Tim and Sid fold in the early days, and he stayed with us forever. Uh, we love him. Donovan Bennett. Donovan believes in those conversations as much as anybody, as we've shown on this show. So much so, he crossed corporate lines, Timmy, 
to have a rather important conversation with TSN's Kayla Gray as Sportsnet continues our celebration and introspection of black history. Roll. Wait in town and tell the people. Give me the rhythm, them I'm a bundle. Well, in come the original, come on, come here, alongside the effects. Never rock. Watch how we step. Babylon, them side, we and get vexed. That one your name. Them system is a strain and a mess. I feel it like a pain in my chest. Love effects, I say you're blessed. I feel like I can't breathe. In a this year's suffocation. The people living in a suffocation. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. When the youth can't rise, I can't breathe. We're asked to talk about this all of the time. So there's this balance between wanting to have these important conversations, but also, do I always have to have the important conversation, right? Like, if I fall back, well, oh, I thought you were about the movement. Right. Like, like where, where are you now? You know what I mean? Yep. When issues come up and they have, have to do with race, you're the default. You're the 1-800-CALL-A-BLACK person. Yeah. <laughs> I was asked to speak on leagues that I had no business speaking on, but was anyone else speaking up on behalf of that? Those that were kind of on the inside? Let's all be real here. No, people went silent conveniently. And so to me in that moment, silence was violent. It's really time for us to address racism now. I don't want to police what people say or don't say, because right. I also think, like, if you don't know what you're talking about, like, <laughs> Sit then, this one out. honestly, right? <laughs> like, you don't have to be an expert in everything. Whenever someone doesn't understand why something is racist, you have to explain it. And so for me, I still, in a way, feel somewhat jaded about people wanting to have the conversation now as if this is new. But that's just how, how I internalize it. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where it was like, Listen, y'all just got invited to the group chat, apparently. <laughs> Yesterday you found out racism existed. We've been talking about this for how long? So now you want to believe us because there's video? What is it about now that makes you care? The fact that unfortunately a man's death went viral? A fact that that is now the climate, so you want to capitalize? It felt icky to me. People are just fed up. I think it's time for a change. Representation matters. You were the first black woman to read a sports highlight in a country that considers itself diverse. The problem is there isn't that much representation. I didn't just pop up out of nowhere, and I think that that's what people forget about you and I, is we didn't just come out of nowhere. No, dudes were paid to get to this point. Like, I would get so mad tripping up on a script during Sports Center. I would be sick. I'd go home and I'd get sick because I'm like, they're never going to bring me back for another show. And if they don't bring me back, they're not going to bring another black woman up. Like, that, I think, is how much of weight it feels, that pressure it feels to kind of be black in this industry and kind of be like an only in this industry. People have been like, yeah, you're not for us. Mm -hmm. You'll never be on air at this network. I was told that, oh, the only reason why you have your job is because you're black. The only reason why it was someone else that didn't get that role is because they're white and a male. I was told that. I think there's a certain point, and I don't know if you felt this in your career, where at the beginning of mine, 
I was switching the way I was talking, kind of doing, I was mastering this code switch at the beginning, at the start, because I was so scared that if you saw who I was, you wouldn't want me anymore. I was doing the most to make other people who didn't look like me feel comfortable with me being in that space because I wasn't only. And I think over the years, and especially that summer, I was like, mm-mm, this is exactly who I am. You're probably not gonna like me. Some of you never were gonna like me. I saw you on Twitter uh, hurling the N-word at me when I made my debut on SportsCenter. That's cool. I'm not here for you. I'm here for me, and I'm here for my community. It shouldn't be a movement. It shouldn't be a lifestyle. This is who we are. So recently someone said to me, um, you know, you really found your voice. But I was kind of like, when did I leave my voice at the lost and found? Like, I I've been speaking about right. this. The difference is maybe I found an audience. But at the same time, I don't want to be the race reporter. Like, I don't want being black to be my beat. The issue, though, to me is when, when people only call to talk about this, right? And only assign you stories to, to talk about race, because that is reinforcing a stereotype that, well, that's your expertise. Right. Who's deciding what stories we're telling? Who's deciding how those stories are being shared? Who's deciding what games you're watching? So until we see the change behind the scenes and at those types of levels, we're never gonna get there. I've never had someone of authority looking over me that was a minority, ne never. I love my job. I can't imagine doing anything else. Like literally, I'm lucky that I know that the thing I'm supposed to do, I'm doing. But I definitely don't want my kid to do it. You feel the same? Yeah, I would never tell my son to get into what I do right now. Isn't that scary? And that is the first of a two-part series. Uh, we'll play you part two tomorrow. And if you want to see any of the content, sportsnet.ca slash Black History Month. A um, couple things. Just to see Kayla and DJ there together was quite a quite a visual. Cool. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Um, and uh, just the message is really important. I was fascinated at the end of that. I'll be, I'll be anticipating. Forgive me, Tim. The second part's already online or it's coming out soon? Forgive me. Uh, online, I don't know. We're playing it tomorrow. Oh, I'm waiting for that. That was uh, that was interesting at the end, definitely. So thanks again to Kayla. Thanks again to Donovan for that. And uh, and again, Donovan, a guy who's always kind of always been there for us on this show down through the years. I feel like I can't uh, go through this kind of moment without thanking him as well. I'm I'm pretty sure we'll. I don't know what the plan is this week. Uh, not the first time I've I've had a week of Tim and Sid where I'm not sure what the plan was, as Tim will tell you. I'm not I'm not the guy that needs to know everything. Uh, but I'm assuming we're going to talk to Donovan before uh, before Friday. But I uh, just want to thank to <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Right, I'm I am the guy that needs to know everything. Oh, uh, well, you know more than me. <laughs> you know more than me. <laughs> Topic for another day. Topic right. for another. You know we uh, but the, love Donovan Bennett is my point, and I just wanted to make that. Okay. Well, then I shouldn't interrupt you. Go ahead. No, it was, no, it was done. It was a short point. Um, it was a short. Point. I just I, though, I wanted to add to it just a smidgen. Like we've been allowed to. Um, talk about because this is our final week together all the things that we are proud of accomplishing and I just wanted to add before you go be proud that we are one of those few shows that it's not just February where we talk about things like this and it's very cool to see 
both those two and I look at them as as youngins be able to to come on, um, collaborate, and come up with something like that. And sure. I'm really proud that you and I have had these conversations. Uh, like we've been here for years, is what I'm yeah. saying. And I'm very proud that we have had those conversations before. And but not the in February. The, the the thing I'm most proud of on top of that, Tim, is that we never like there was never a debate between you and I about whether to have the conversations. There was never it was never like should we or should nah. Like right. we when when it was time to talk about issues, we talked about them freely. Right. And um it takes it, it you know, it takes a lot to do that. It also it also helps that you and I have some amazing friends that can come on and help us have that conversation and further that conversation. So just to echo what Tim said, I'm I'm very proud of that too. Definitely. Great point. Uh, coming up right here on uh, both networks, in fact, TV and radio, the Raptors and the Sixers, as the Raptors close out what was, and listen, Miami's playing better as well, and that's the next game tomorrow. So it's not as if it's over, but this was an important five-game stretch coming in. So far, they're 4-0. They'll try and get to 5-0 and tonight again against the Sixers, this time on Sportsnet 1 East Ontario and Sportsnet 5, 9 of the fan, without Kyle Lowry. Can they go to 17 straight without Lowry? Uh, yeah, they can. You know, now, now they're going to lose one of these at some point, right? Right. <laughs> like of course they are. They're going to yeah. drop one of them without Kyle. It's it's one of the craziest statistical runs I've ever seen in Raptors history to have a guy as important as Lowry not in your lineup, and and you just go streaking like this. So it's going to end at some point. Um but again, Tim, the, uh, quickly, the point I made earlier, for, for Kyle to miss both Sixer games, it, this, ain't a, this ain't a small thing. It sounds like he's close, but that, that's interesting to me. That's interesting. Yeah, for those who missed it, Nick Nurse joined us earlier and said that Kyle should be back tomorrow against Miami, so we'll keep an eye out for that. For Nick Nurse and for Glenn Grunwald and for Sid Sixero, who is counting down to his final day on February 26th, this Friday, our final show together. But sometimes we just got to take a step back and remember. And this time, wash your hands. And you got to wash your hands. Still got to do that. Wash your hands. Could be our last show. I think at 7 Eastern going forward every day, Tim, I'm still just going to do this. Right. (laughs) It's 